So before we start our podcast tonight, here's a shout out to some of our fiends and sponsors. Able Ebenezer Brewing Company in Merrimack, New Hampshire is where we and our friends and podcast family members Road Soda record. The brewery self-distributes in the southern New Hampshire area and has a taproom and beer garden you can visit. For a list of where the beers are available and taproom hours, go to ableebenezer.com. Road Soda is a weekly podcast hosted by Mike, the head brewer and co-founder of Able Ebenezer Brewing Company, and Brendan, distributor for Able Ebenezer and founder of The Litter Crew. They discuss current events, have interesting conversations, all while reviewing a beer. They drink while you drive. Check them out every Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, my ghosts and ghouls. It's Meg the Mortician here, reminding you to not litter. One of my many hats I wear is the event coordinator for the New Hampshire Litter Crew. Please go check out our social media at NH Litter Crew and keep an eye out on our Facebook page for our next Litter Crew event. Hello, all of our monsters out there. This is the Monster Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher from the Black Lagoon. And with me tonight, as always, is... Meg the Mortician. And Reanimator Rob. This episode will be airing on October 20th, 2021. As our main course tonight is reviewing the movie Lights Out from 2016? Yes, 2016. 2016. I was right on the money there. So before we get back into talking about that and going into our segments, we always like to start out by talking about what we've done over the week. So, Rob, I'll start with you this week. Gosh, what haven't I done this week? I've been <laughs> I've been a busy guy. Um, so you guys know that my uh, birthday's coming up, just like you have a birthday coming yeah, up, Yeah, actually, um, October 20th is my birthday. Yay. So when this episode releases, it'll be my birthday, and then we'll be recording another episode on my birthday. Happy birthday. I'm early the, birthday. <laughs> I think I'm the only one without an October birthday in the room. Yeah, October to okay. June, baby. So yeah. uh, we so can every, give you an honorary, <laughs> honorary October birthday if you want. Okay. Yeah, it'll be like leap year. It'll be like October 32nd. Yay! <laughs> Wait, that's really November 1st. You guys suck. <laughs> they don't need to know that. They don't need to know <laughs> But um, so every year I try to do like a, a fundraiser on Facebook for my birthday and nice. do some charitable giving. And um, last year I raised 700 bucks for the Black AIDS Institute. And this year awesome. I wanted to do a little bit more like local and so i had to do you know some research and try to find one that i thought was good and um so this year i'm doing p flag of new hampshire so if you're interested you can go to my facebook page i think you guys know where to find me and um <laughs> yeah any donation would be greatly appreciated my goal is to um donate more money than last year but you know i'll take whatever i can get <laughs> that's awesome i usually do a a joke fundraiser on my Facebook where I say, here's my Venmo for my birthday. Donate to me. Yeah. I'm, (laughs) you know, it helps for my Halloween party every year, but no no one's donated yet. (laughs) I have Venmo and, and, and nobody ever gives me anything on Venmo. Right. I know. So, but anyways, but that's really commendable. And, um, so I went to, with my friend, Matt Dean to the haunted overload in Lee, New Hampshire. And I think it's at the DeWitt farm. And, um, we went in the day, so for eight bucks, you can go and just walk um, through all the all the stuff. And 
take pictures. There's nobody rushing you. And I think you saw some of the photos. It yeah. was amazing. Amazing. So we definitely want to go back like in the evening when it's all lit up. But yeah. I mean, just the art, the, the artwork and the, the craftsmanship that went into some of the displays was, I mean, I, I spent like five hours afterwards going through my photos and like, you know, just. Yeah, I saw the ones you posted on uh, social media. They were, they really do a lot of um, detailed work in their haunts. Yeah. And, and so I uploaded 80 photos and I think I almost broke uh, Facebook because it was <laughs> like you exceeded the maximum photo allotment. And I was like, ooh. So um, and then I uh, just been like watching some good horror flicks so I, I finally got to watch the nun from 2018 Ooh. and i don't know if you guys seen that but that no that was really good and one. had a really like powerful ending and 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 then i started watching the beginning of elvira's 40th anniversary very scary very special special including elvira of course and um so she basically um plugs like four different movies and and the first one is her 1988 Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. So I rewatched that, which is great, and then started watching the um, House on Haunted Hill from 1959. And then it's an awesome movie. Yeah, oh. and then they, I guess, they're playing City of the Dead and and Messiah of Evil. And I think she made a comment like, "Yeah, I don't look a day over death." <laughs> Even <laughs> yeah, is this on Shutter? Yeah, it is. Got it. And cool. she's like 70, and she's still like looking she really good. She looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, I saw an interview with her. So like Elvira, a lot of people know she came out about her 19-year yeah, relationship her. with a woman. Awesome. Um, but she, yeah, she looks amazing. And then yeah, she you know now people know more and she says that a lot of people i think thought she was straight basically based off the characters she plays because you know her character is such a horn dog as she's put but she's, i think it's yeah. awesome yeah she's vo- very voluptuous and she's yeah and, yeah and uh i'm sure there's some disappointed gentlemen out there oh definitely like, damn it you know but. um and then <laughs> the only other thing is i was uh, at chorus last night and we had a tenor sectional and my friend harry clerk um, we, he was like talking about, oh, you have a podcast and he's like, what's your favorite horror movie? And we were just talking and he's just like going back to his childhood and he was like, I saw a movie and I can't find the name of it. And, um, it's about like a parasite that like people ingest and then you turn into a sex maniac. And like, I had no idea what he was talking about. And I was like, I'm going to find out. And it turns out it's a, a David Cronenberg movie from 1975 called shiver (laughs) and i'm like i need to add that to the list so thank you harry clerk for that (laughs) yeah i'm like is this the movie you're looking for he's like i can't believe you found it (laughs) that's awesome so it's part of the fun about this podcast is just like uh, different friends are like just giving you these little tidbits of like movies that they like or that they remember and you're like wow like and it's it's just like it's it's awesome. No, we're, yeah, I, I love it. We're going to dig up some movies yeah. in this podcast for sure. Mm, so. I can't wait. It's a whole new world. Yes. <laughs> love it. Chris, what have you been up to this week? I uh, did quite a bit myself um, for, uh, oh man, what, what did I do? So Friday night, uh, went to my first metal concert in a long time. Nice. Uh, went and saw Slipknot with Kill Switch Engage and oh, Code awesome. Orange. Oh, that sounds like a great show. I haven't seen Slipknot or Kill Switch in about 16, 17 years. Wow. And Kill Switch, last time I saw them, Howard Jones, they just did end up heartache. Like, that was the last time I seen them. And it's a, I've told everyone, like, it's a great comeback story for Jesse. He was the original vocalist. 
And right before their debut album came out, like he blew out his vocals so badly oh. that um, Blood Has Been Shed's um, Howard, um, yeah, Howard Jones, he came in and they were good friends with Killswitch Engage from back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, a couple of members of Blood Has Been Shed joined Killswitch and they were just been touring since. And then mm-hmm. Howard Jones is doing his own thing now and they got back Jesse and Jesse and that made a new album and sounds killer. Awesome. Slipknot sounded great as usual, so yeah. I was like, you know, no, um, you know, no, no, um, no surprise there, really. Um, I've been, I've tried to continue watching Creep Show season three. Mm-hmm. Um, the last episode I didn't really like too much, mm. but I started watching a new one, um, so I won't go over it really. I, I ended up having to shut it off after the first two minutes. So, but I have been continuing my um, 31 days of horror. I see. So yep. I'll just go over the list without yeah. really, you know, talking about them too much. So on the fourth, um, when we recorded the episode, I put for dolls because I watched that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the next night, I watched um, Stephen King's Cat's Eye. I love that. I haven't seen that one, but like it's a really cool I'm little. I'm new an- here. <laughs> it's a really cool little anthology. Um, all the all the stories about Stephen King, and it revolves around a cat. And oh, okay. she gets, it's funny, in the beginning, she's getting chased by Cujo, and uh, Chris, yeah. Christine almost hits them. <laughs> oh, jeez. There's a lot, a lot of little Easter eggs Crossover. from Stephen King in there. Yeah. yeah, got it. And awesome. then on the 6th, I watched The Craft. Oh, love uh, that one. And then on the 7th, um, I watched Horror Express, because I remember watching the season finale of, um, of season two of Creepshow, and they use Horror Express as a virtual reality program. And the guy's like, oh, I'm going to fall in love with the Countess and stuff. And, like, you know, it, wow. I won't go any further than that, but it's a pretty pretty cool. Uh, Sounds cool. Yeah, it's a pretty cool episode. Um, on the 8th, I watched Ouija. It just happened to be on, so I sat down and watched it. That's a good one. I don't suggest. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, on the 9th, I found Puppet Master 2. And nice. I always like watching one of those every once in a yeah. while. And then on the 10th, um, very early in the morning, I was up drinking and I watched <laughs> Uh, I saw on Hulu they had the new animated Adams Family, so oh, I watched yeah. that, oh, yeah. and that was really cool. I really like what they did. Um, I heard they, Nick Kroll is the voice of Uncle Fester, yeah, right? That's yeah. awesome. The cast is brilliant. This even yeah. Bette Midler's even in it, I believe. <gasps> no. So it's Dang. it's it's really cool, and they nice. they designed all the characters after the original comic. That yeah, so like I've seen, I saw the picture you posted, but I did see like commercials and stuff, and I did think. They looked a little bit more creepy, you know, because yeah. you can do that with cartoons more than like actual humans. But like, don't get me wrong, I do love the ni- like yeah. the then yeah the nineties like Adams Family values and those well, they ones had a nineties cartoon of the Adams Family too, which was somewhat I close. I vaguely remember that. I watched that. It was right on with like Beetlejuice and mm-hmm. all those vaguely, cartoons. Yeah, I, vaguely I remember these. Like to be fair, I was born in like ninety three, so but <laughs> we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> Uh, on for day eleven, I watched the nineteen twenty two Nosferatu yeah. for the first time. It was restored in two thousand six, so all the orchestra orchestral music was redone, and then they redid all the cue cards for what people were saying in the story. He was on an episode of SpongeBob. Yes, <laughs> and on the twelfth, of course, I watched Lights Out. Yeah, for tonight I watched Lights Out. Um, all great movies overall. Yeah. yeah, and I think. The most important thing I watched this week, and I was so excited it came on because you know my love for this movie. Last night, Chucky debuted on Yay. USA and Sci-Fi. Nice. And 
it is good. Yeah, it is really good. I can't oh, wait good. to watch it. Um, they so the model they used to make the Chucky doll or the good guy doll was after Child's Play two. So you get that. It's produced by David Kirshner, who oh, directed yeah. part two. It's written and directed by um, um, Don Mancini. And you don't see any of... There are going to be some surprise actors that will be coming into the series. But just know that it is a continuation of Cult of Chucky. Cool. Oh, okay. So it's basically what happens after the movie. So I don't think I saw that that Cult of Chucky. So I'll have to watch that first. Yeah. So I have to start from the beginning. So there I'll was get a, there. <laughs> there was an idea Don Mancini wanted to do with Chucky. And he couldn't do it because basically... Universal's like, oh, we're going to make part three like right away, mm. right now. And I think just because of this, the special effects and the time timing, just it wouldn't have been technologically um, a good time to do it. Mm-hmm. So he does do this in Cult of Chucky. I won't say what it is for those who haven't seen it because I don't want to spoil it. But and is that after The Bride of Chucky? Is that It's um, right after Curse. Curse. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, I, yeah, I didn't. I, I know I've seen most of them, but I definitely don't think I've seen that one. And Cat's Eye, I was just wondering, like, how many cats... Like, to have a cat be, like, a main character in the movie must, like, have taken some effort. <laughs> yeah, I remember... Um, so, like, I watched The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix, which is, oh, like, the yeah. new take on Sabrina and the Teenage Witch. Um, and they did, like, a red carpet, right? And they had the cat. They had the cat on the red carpet. Wow. And I just thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Salem... Is her familiar? Yeah. So it's yeah. It was That's a so it was funny. a good show. I recommend that one. But sweet. But yeah, as far as anything horror related, that's uh, pretty much. You've what been I busy. Yeah. <laughs> Meg, what have you been up to over the past week? So uh, last Wednesday, uh, we didn't record because I went to the Bruins game. We recorded ahead of time and all that. Um, so I went to the Bruins game. It was good. You know, Cap versus the Capitals. Uh, they did pretty well. I don't. We didn't win, but it was still good. Um, and then. You know, this weekend I finished, finally finished Handmaid's Tale, guys. So I'm on, on top of that. Um, and then I, I got to hang out with uh, the fam this weekend. And me, my sister, uh, brother-in-law, my niece watched Hocus Pocus. Yeah, I think it was her first time That's watching awesome. it. Yeah. She definitely is um, a little mini-me I've imprinted <laughs> on her. So she likes spooky things. She loves Nightmare Before Christmas and, like, all that kind of Aww. stuff. So I love it. And I love that she's just like me in a way. Who doesn't um, like Hocus Pocus? Right? I mean, it's such a just fun movie. and Yeah, yeah probably communists. But That's right, yeah. Know. Probably. But yeah, and then, yeah, my niece just turned six on Monday. So she's a little Libra as well. Love them Libras. Right? So, but that's pretty much all I've been up to. So, Well, happy know. birthday to her. Happy yeah, six. Happy yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Adeline. <laughs> awesome. Well, besides all the news from what we've done this week, For the news in the horror world, I'm going to turn this over to Rob for the autopsy report. Hello there, this is Reanimated Rob with the autopsy report, and I'm going to start off with some real-life horror, so... um, Because if you're a horror movie fan, you're, you're also, like, probably into serial killers, so... I don't know if you guys knew that a, a group of investigators has now claimed to have identified the infamous Zodiac Killer. I did hear about this. Yeah. yeah. yeah That's pretty exciting. That. And I was like, what? So 
According to reports, an investigative team specializing in cold cases known as the Case Breakers has uncovered the true identity of the serial killer who terrorized California across the 60s. Consisting of 40 journalists, law enforcement officers, and military intelligence personnel, the group claims that the Zodiac Killer was a man by the name of Gary Francis Post, who has since um, died. He passed away in 2018. And uh, uh, new forensic evidence and photographs from the man's darkroom reportedly tie him to details and sketches of the Zodiac itself. And also there was another murder much earlier on that they didn't connect the dots to in the beginning. And letters from the serial killer confirmed his identity as, as some of them required the killer's full name in order to decipher its hidden messages with all those symbols but mm. the fbi is maintaining that the cold case is still open and unsolved so is it really him <laughs> oh, it's right. pretty neat yeah i mean yeah it's exciting that they feel like they're closer than ever yeah because I, oh, I just feel like this is like tormented yeah i know? always i always get excited when they when they saw like a, a cold like serial killer case or cold like jane or john doe case and and um you know because it's just some closure, you know, and it's yeah, that yeah. mystery has hopefully been solved. That's uh, like a, you know, a New Hampshire cold case, uh, the Bear Brook murders, yeah, where those four um bodies were found in the those barrels mm. in Bear Brook State Park. You know, it, they were able to figure out who the three victims were and then you know, find the the murderer. Um, his name was uh, Rest Mutant, Rest, mm, was it? I forget his first Terry Terry Rasmussen. Yeah. Right. So they called him the chameleon because he was able to move about mm-hmm. the country under different aliases. Um, but yeah, he was he was the Bear Brooks uh, state murderer, um, and uh, they're not able to tie him to s- certain ones, but there are some that kind of go through his travels. Yeah. That they're trying to link and all and that. And I think, I think that's very fascinating. And there's definitely a lot of other like Netflix documentaries and other movies out there that, um, talk about like just these other serial killer cases that like, wow, I never knew of that one. Yeah. I, <laughs> yep. I agree. And, um, so just, uh, so that was interesting. And then, mm-hmm. um, so there's a movie coming out on October 29th called antlers. I don't think it's a Christmas movie, but, um, <laughs> So, and, and the movie was initially expected for spring 2020, but um, but because of COVID, it was delayed. And Antlers follows Carrie Russell, and I don't know if you guys remember her, but she was like in Felicity and all those like WB like. Yeah, I think I re- she she had like the curly hair, right? Yeah, those, really yeah. curly hair, and and I think she was you know I don't know like and then she might have disappeared for a while, but. Um, so she's a teacher living in Oregon and her police officer brother is played by Jesse Piamons and they become entangled with a, a situation when one of her students, because she's a school teacher, um, his name is Lucas, who is keeping a creature in his house and Guillermo del Toro produced the film and Scott Cooper, who previously helmed out of the furnace, black mass and Hostiles directed the horror film now set for the weekend of Halloween. So sounds pretty interesting. I wonder what kind of creature is yeah. in, uh, is is there. And um, a- another thing in the in the toy department that I thought was pretty cool is um, Premium Collectible Studio is rolling out two brand new statues of a Leatherface from Tobe Hooper's groundbreaking 
1974, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, as reported by NewsToyArc.com, and collectors can choose from either the Butcher Edition or the Pretty Women, <laughs> Pretty Woman Mask Edition, <laughs> um, with a, and or you can get the Slaughter Edition, which includes both. Um, each mixed media statue stands 30 inches tall and comes with its own diorama display base. Wow. Um, yeah, and, and deep pockets and strong stomachs uh, are required. So the, the Butcher <laughs> Edition will run you about 1600 bucks, and the Pretty Ooh. Woman Mask Edition costs about 1700 bucks, and you can have them both for about three grand. Uh, so there's maybe a little bit of a price break there, and, and pre-orders are available through Sideshow Collectibles, with shipments expected to start in November 2022. Ma- are they made out of gold? Is that why they're <laughs> so expensive? I think it's like they just refurbished an Oscar or something. and, and uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, You that's can buy those in Hollywood at the souvenir shop. Right. I know, right? I they're know. like, they're like, You can get a Funko Pop that's like basically the same thing. Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like five bucks. And, and the other thing I wanted to share quickly um, was the sleepaway camp gear that you had... Um, told me about so right now there's um you can pre-order uh tapes from the crypt has has um sent out a uh a blurb about pre-ordering uh camp new horizons gear um which is the the sweatshirts in the name of the camp that they they uh in sleepaway camp part three and so on ten twenty on october 22nd at 6 p.m eastern standard time um you'll be able to get this gear which is pretty cool because it's got like a sweatshirt and sweatpants nice. and a winter hat and like a gym bag and a fanny pack so it's like <gasps> fanny bags are coming back guys I, yeah i have one <laughs> i want i want like a like I have a, a camo like, adidas one with the stripes I, on the front see i want an obnoxious yeah. one like a glittery one it's the best for the gym i can tell yeah. you that. right so yeah check out um tapes from the crypt on instagram for more information but yeah i, I thought that was worth sharing yeah, so we get a awesome. little we got a little something in the movie department the news department the clothing department and the toy department this week love it <laughs> oh, you're like a horror macy's this is great <laughs> one-stop shopping baby <laughs> nice it's like a sears of terror <laughs> the walmart uh, of terror well, well speaking of which sears is a ghost by now i know right yeah, kmart oh. <laughs> <laughs> whoopsie daisies anyway so, other questions we have is going to be performed by Meg for her undertaking question of the week. All right, it is Meg the Mortician, and here is Meg's undertaking question of the week. So, if you could turn a sitcom um, in and turn it into a horror movie. If you could take a sitcom and turn it into a horror movie, which one would it be and why? It's kind of a loaded question. I love it. It's a pretty loaded question. Right. It's funny that you actually ask this question because I have two that I was thinking about um, randomly because my friend posted a meme of like Michael Myers escapes the retirement home in 2065 as like the next movie. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, okay. So maybe he like from the Golden Girls, which is one of my favorite sitcoms, is uh, it, the retirement home that um, the mother's always, Dorothy's always threatening Sophia to send her back to Shady Pines. And I'm like, maybe that would be a good one. Like Michael Myers at Shady Pines and, and like the Golden Girls are like battling out like Michael and, and, 
I don't know. Like that, that would be kind of no, funny. That <laughs> sounds awesome. And, and I can, oh my, I feel like that would be so funny. Too. And Michael Blanche would be like, keep quiet, you trash. And, and, and then like Rose would try to fend him off with like a St. Olaf story. And, uh, and then of course Dorothy would be like very sarcastic and, mm. and, and Sophia would be like, listen, Michael, picture it, Sicily. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one I was thinking of, so I don't know if you remember the Brady Bunch episode where they, it's like the, I don't know if it's a three part or where they go to like the Grand Canyon. Uh, and yeah. they get like they go to that ghost town mm-hmm. and they get locked in the, the jail by the uh, the gold hunter because he thinks he's going to steal their gold. Well, instead of going there, they should do a side trip to that deserted area that the family goes to in the Hills Have Eyes movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like Brady Bunch versus the mutant. Oh, <laughs> Mutants. my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Alice will make him, you know, hamburgers or something. And and uh <laughs> And like at least some of the kids again, my least favorite Brady's will get picked off. So, but you know, I I think, you know, like in the movie, in that movie, Hills Have Eyes, like some of the family members, not everybody dies. So we'd have to like, definitely like some of the family members would have to live and Tiger would have to be involved because there is a dog in that movie. Ah. So yeah, there's so many, there's so many like fun, creative mashups you can do. Yeah. So I definitely, I guess I would be like more the comic, like mixed mashup. (laughs) Oh Yeah. What about you? So, like, yeah. do you want to go first? Oh, it doesn't matter. Okay. So, so I was thinking uh, along, the, along the lines of, like, Everybody Loves Raymond, mm. where it's, like, probably more of a psychological horror because it's, like, everyone loves Raymond. So it's kind of like they're obsessing over him, and but, like, in reality, everything's normal, but he's, like, losing his mind, and then he ends up kind of, like, taking everyone out and, you know, in the... Because he thinks all these, you know... <laughs> I'm not great at describing what I'm thinking and what I'm picturing. Like, he's delusional, yeah, and he still thinks they're around and walking, but it really... Yeah. Like their dead bodies are, like, in the kitchen still like, having yeah, cereal. Yeah, like that, yeah. <laughs> I can picture the mom, like, yeah, like, like being dead and, and being nosy and being like Raymond. And she's like, you know, that she's been like dead and her hair's all like, you know, weird. Yep. And her face is like all gross. And, and I could definitely see that. And I can definitely see like the wife and, and, and the brother, everybody loves Raymond. Raymond. Yeah. yeah. So it's like an echoing haunting kind of voice like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then like, I think the other one I would think of, so like in King of Queens, it was just Kevin James and uh, Leah show. Remini. Um, and then um, uh, Jerry Stiller. Stiller. Jerry Stiller. Thank you. Um, so, like, his father lives, his father-in-law lives in the basement, right? So, probably, like, a kind of a haunting, in a sense, of, like, the father-in-law being around, even though he's not around. But, like, his spirit is still there. And, like, like he's haunting Don't them. go into the yes. basement. Yes, he's haunting <laughs> Kevin James's character. I can like see that. some mannequins being down there and all, you know. Right. So, <laughs> kind of things like on along the lines yeah. of that, like those sitcoms would be interesting. Yeah. Movies. I was thinking for some reason, like, yeah, cross between sitcoms, when sitcoms meet horror movies. Yeah. No, I like those <laughs> ones too. I love a good crossover episode. That's <laughs> yeah. the juxtaposition of it all. I guess yeah. growing up in the 80s, like, there was so many, like, crossover sitcoms where, like, yeah, like, there were so many spin-offs. So I think like that uh, everybody is love, loves Raymond too, like and King of the Hill. They were like inter like I think 
Raymond was in King uh, King, King of, of Queens. Queens. I'm sorry. What did they say? King of Yeah, King you of said it's okay. okay. But yeah, I know what you meant. King of Queens. Yeah. He, he might have been I in believe that Raymond one. was a character in that. So I don't know which one came first, but. I, I think Raymond was out first. Yeah. yeah. King of Queens. But I just know, like, as a kid in the 80s, like, every sitcom, most sitcoms, like, spinned off, you know, was a spinoff of another sitcom and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. No, but I like, I like that idea. I like the way you presented those ones. Definitely. What about you, Christopher? <laughs> so I was thinking kind of on the same turn, kind of on the same wavelength as Meg right now. Yeah. But I'm thinking like Married with Children. Yeah. Where Ooh. Al Bundy just finally has had enough of everybody's <laughs> shit after working at the shoe store. And he just, just he just goes on a spree. Did he take him out with a shoe? Who, whatever you was know, around. But, well. It's definitely going to be like a high heel impalement, like Ooh. in the eye or something. And then like before Ooh, he yeah. kills him, he always says some like real classless joke about them. Mm. <laughs> right? I lo- yeah. But there's got to be like a final girl, I guess, or a final person. Like, I don't know if like maybe Kelly would survive. Maybe. No, I think it would be Peggy because, you know, <laughs> his wife because, you know. I can picture her like decapitated and the head's like on the couch talking, Al. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and like shoving Marcy Darcy into an oven or something. <laughs> ah, he finally snaps. He's like, looks like chicken's cooked, you know, <laughs> yeah. after all the terrible stuff he says about her. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a good that's a good one. I liked this question. a lot Yeah. Cause, I mean, obviously, when you're a big horror fan, it's kind of in, it's cool to imagine like what a sitcom, how you could turn a sitcom into a horror movie. Yeah, you know? for sure. So that was a good question. But also in a lot week. of horror movies, there's a lot of comedians and comedic factors that definitely. You know, yeah, there's yeah, there's usually a good one-liner in a horror movie that can be turned into something funnier. Yeah, a meme in a sense, you know. Like there's a lot of Michael Myers memes of him just like standing in random well, places. If you look at like say like Nightmare on Elm Street, the mm-hmm. first one is just awfully like horrific and scary. Mm-hmm. But as the as the series goes on, he just becomes like a jokester before he takes out any of the kids in their dreams. Yeah, and like and- makes their hobbies or whatever they're into their fears into one big joke yeah and, and then on, a nice one-liner like you said and yeah yeah and then on rick and morty you have scary terry who's like a knockoff <laughs> of freddy krueger and he says what are you gonna do about it bitch like he has small swords for fingers instead of knives because copyright issues yeah <laughs> so like another thing i was thinking about was like all right so a lot of the sitcoms in the 80s too also like have like a really good theme song like you don't see those now anymore with like not really yeah no. and and so there could be like a theme song a new theme song but also a lot of the 80s sitcoms some of them were like had those ser- real serious like special episodes about like stranger danger or eating disorders or, mm. or teen suicide and i could picture like guest appearance by freddy krueger oh my god <laughs> you know and like <laughs> like when like a serious episode like becomes like goes off the edge and yeah becomes like a totally different beast and i don't know if you remember those like you know does it oh i remember those yeah all those like special like in different strokes like um Arnold and Kimberly get kidnapped. <laughs> and then now they end up dead in like the back of a trunk if that were to go. <laughs> like if it was to be if a horror movie. It was a movie. horror movie <laughs> version, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, good one. Cool. Well, I'm going to hand it over to uh, Christopher from the Black Lagoon for the record of the week. Awesome. You like Huey Lewis in the news? Yeah, they're okay. 
Their early work was a little too new wave for my taste. But when sports came out in 83, I think they really came into their own, commercially and artistically. So our record of the week is, um, I actually switched it up this week to a music record for my band standard issue. So a little bit of self-promoting. And before I do this, I just want to say again, like any band that would like us to review their record and, you know, throw out some good vibes about it yeah. and yeah. do some promotion, feel free. Hit us um, up. Hit us up on any of our social media or um, email us at themonstertalkpodcast at gmail.com. All of our stuff's in the link tree inside of our social media apps, all of yeah. them. So um, my band, Standard Issue, um, this record was released about a year ago. We did not have a record release until July of this year because of COVID. Yeah. Thanks, COVID. Uh, the album's called Those Who Have Come Before. Really great record. Um, if you like skate punk and hardcore, you'll definitely take a liking to this. Um, we have three different color vinyls. Um, the one I have here is our purple vinyl. We also have maroon Ooh. and we have clear. It's a nice purple. When I was at our record release show... I um I labeled the boxes purple rain with like the Prince logo, um, <laughs> the burgundy one I put Ron Burgundy, and then I forgot what I put put for the clear one, but uh, you can get this record on PineHillRecords.com, which is also a New Hampshire uh, little record record company. Um, they put out the Cryptics, which is the band I used to be in. Um, which, by the way, um, we did a music video for Nighttime Freaks. Oh, nice. At Haunted Overload. So no way. you can see a lot of the stuff from there on that. Awesome. But yeah, standard issue. Um, we have some shows coming up, actually. I'll be traveling to Los Angeles for the first week of November. Whoop, whoop. So we are going to have an episode coming out that week. We're scheduling it, so you do not have to worry about missing an episode. Yeah. But if you are in the Southern California area, I'll give you guys some of the dates that we have so far. On November 4th, we're going to be in Riverside, California at Inconsiderate Board Shop. <laughs> we'll be playing with our friends Six Sense, Apple Core, and Manual Fade. On November 5th, we'll be at the Bancroft in San Diego with our friends Project Sella, which we played with um, in, ju in July at uh, the Cave in Big Bear, California. On cool. uh, November 6th is a pretty damn big show. Um, I know if you, some of you guys are going out there going to Punk in the Park up in Irvine, but if you're not, do come to the show. Get tickets early. It's $15, um, and that'll be on Eventbrite. We're going to be playing at the First Street Pool and Billiards location in Los Angeles. Headliners are Dr. No, Naked Aggression, The Runts, and a, a couple other bands, including us. Um, there is a headliner to be announced. They are not Ooh. telling anyone till the day of the show. I don't even know who it is. Who knows? Maybe it could be a Dead Kennedys. It could be a Misfits. <laughs> yeah. It could be Fingers somebody. <laughs> who knows? But anyway, tickets are 15 bucks. Uh, day of the show, they are 20 to 25 I can't confirm that price. So, um, And then on November 7th, we're playing at Chappie's Tavern in Hemet, California, with Andrew and the Cockblockers. Nice. Love that name. <laughs> uh, they oh, actually filled yeah. in for a band that couldn't show up at our last show either. Um, we also might be playing at Doctor Strange Records. Uh, our friends in Voodoo Glow Skulls, they uh, just uh, repressed um, one of their older albums as well as their new album, Live in the Apocalypse. Uh, so make sure if you're in the area, um, get there. They'll even sign your record for you. Uh, information on DrStrangeRecords.com or if there's a .com for that, but look up Doctor Strange Records out there. Um, if you can't, you can go on their website and order it. But 
If you would like a copy of Standard Issues, those who have come before, please go on PineHillRecords.com. Like I said, three different color variations. You have a cool purple, which we'll post, uh, burgundy and clear. And we have a new EP coming out on November 1st. So you can hear all of this stuff on Spotify and YouTube. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. So um, before we do go to the main feature, uh, one of the things I want to do for bands too is play a song of theirs right before we get into the main course of the night. So I'm going to be playing you guys Destroying Ourselves before uh, we get to that. So here is Destroying Ourselves from my band Standard Issue off of those who have come before. So there you have it. Now, we're going to get to our main event of the night, in which we are going to review the movie Lights Out. Thank you, uh, Daniel Gacharna, for uh, giving me the tip about this yeah, movie. Yeah, Dan, you're the man. It. <laughs> I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> you're a fan of Dan the man. Fan of Dan the man. Yep. Garsham. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'll give you guys the, uh, the meat and potatoes of this movie. Uh, it's called Lights Out. It's from 2016. It's rated PG-13 with a running time of 1 hour and 21 minutes. It was directed by David F. Sandberg, who also wrote and directed the original 2013 short. Now, Meg picked this movie. She did not know there was a short. The short's only about 2 minutes and 45 seconds long. I'll tell you guys a little bit more about that in the mm-hmm. fun facts. Yeah. Um, he also um, worked, directed Shazam and Annabelle Creation. Uh, working with James Wan on this movie, as soon as Lights Out came out, they wanted him to do an Annabelle movie. Mm. It was written by Eric Heiser. He did the screenplay, and he also worked on Arrival, Hours, and Bird Box. Oh, Bird Box was a good one. Now, the cast, very short. I just went through all the main characters that we need to know. Teresa Palmer, who played Rebecca, um, that is the sister to Martin who mm-hmm. we'll talk about next. She was also in the movies Warm Bodies and Hacksaw Ridge. Now, Martin, who is played by Gabriel Bateman, I was like, why is he so familiar? He was in 2019's Child's Play, the remake, as Andy. Uh, oh, I thought I recognized okay. Yeah, he was a little bit older in that movie. Nice. Um, Alexander de Persia, he played the boyfriend to Rebecca Brett. He was also in I Am Legend and the movie Forever. 
Billy Burke, who plays Paul. We see him only in the beginning of the film. We'll get more into that later. He was in the Twilight series and Red Riding Hood. And Maria Bello, Sophie, she was uh, she played the mother of um, Rebecca and Brett. I'm sorry, Rebecca and Martin. She was in both Grown Ups One and Two in the movie Coyote Ugly. Oh, she seemed like I know an outlier. Who she is. <laughs> yeah, now that you said she was in Grown Ups One and Two, I knew she looked familiar, but I didn't look her up when I was watching. But awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. So the music uh, that was done for the movie was by Benjamin Wall- Wallafish. He did both 2017 It and It Part 2. Nice. He did the music for Shazam and the um, the current version of The Invisible Man from 2019. Now, a synopsis that I wrote for you guys. After a man mysteriously dies at work during a late night shift, Martin notices his mother Sophie talks to herself and a strange entity keeps him awake at night. His sister Rebecca, who has been distant, gets called to his school after falling asleep multiple times. Afraid that their mother hasn't been in a good mental state or taking her medication, she takes Martin back to her place. Unfortunately, the nightmare doesn't stay at Sophie's house. Who is, who is this being called Diana, and why is she attacking in the dark? Mm. So to give you a little bit more about this movie, here are some fun facts. Now, Teresa Palmer hadn't seen the design of Diana before filming until she filmed her first scene with her on a completely dark set. Ooh. This was an intentional directorial, toy, directorial choice at, so as to provoke a genuine reaction of fear when first seeing the design. Alicia Vela Bailey, the woman in the costume, was previously Palmer's stunt double on I Am Number 4 in 2011. It would have ruined the effect, and had she seen her prior, as she would have recognized her, therefore losing the authentic expression of fear. They do this a lot in many movies, mm. including Goonies. So Goonies, they did not tell the kids that they were going to see this big pirate ship. They're like, nope, you're going to go through that slide and into the water. And then when they popped up, like, the ship, that's why they were like, whoa. (laughs) Imagine? That would be so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. There was also, yeah. yeah, The the only reason I know this is because I accidentally started watching the commentary version of um, Aquamarine, which is an Emma Roberts and JoJo movie. Okay, so this was like early 2000s. And um, there was like a scene where they were not told what was going to be happening and they were giggling. And then one of like the directors comes up and scares them and catches their genuine reaction (laughs) of the screen. It's super funny. It was like during a thunderstorm scene. So it was a good, good take. These type of facts are pretty cool. Oh yeah. It brings so much more genuine, you know, emotion to the movie. Definitely. Uh, the mannequins in the basement were not brought, brought in for the movie. They were already placed there by the owner of the house. (laughs) So the house already came with everything they needed. Already a creepy uh, house. Director David F. Sandberg aimed to use as much authentic lighting for the film as possible. Some scenes were only lit by candle or fluorescent tubes. Mm. Now the sense. feature, this is the feature film debut for David F. Sandberg. So the uh, lights out short from 2013. This movie's an expansion of that. Um, it was, it gained a lot of good reception on the internet. It was very popular. And, um, they created the him and his wife Lotta Lawson. Now I didn't mention her in the cast. Mm. She plays Esther in, right. in this movie in the full length movie. So mm-hmm. she makes a cameo role per se. Yeah. Um, but you only see her in the beginning of the movie. Yep. Right. Um. So although the film did not win the competition that they entered that short film for, mm-hmm. um, 
after going viral, it led to Sandberg being contacted by several agents and agencies to the point where he had to develop a spreadsheet to keep track of them at all. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, one of the contacts was Lawrence Gray, who wanted to collaborate with James Wan in order to produce a feature full-length version. And although Wan enjoyed the short, he was hesitant that it could be turned into a feature until Sandberg produced a treatment for the feature-length version. Nice. So he had to still prove himself to Juan that yeah. they can make yeah, a full but movie. Yeah, I mean, I'd say he did it. <laughs> um, Diana was created with a, pro- a photorealistic prosthetic suit that could also function as a green screen suit, so as so to remove her from the scene when the lights came on. The designer of the suit previously created the title character of Mrs. Doubtfire. Wow. <laughs> I, I read that. Yeah, that's pretty freaking cool. That's funny. That's awesome, though. So, as I uh, talked about Ouija earlier in the films that I watch, mm. the house in this movie is the same one used in Ouija in 2014 and also the sequel, Ouija uh, Origin of Evil in 2016. You know, horror I, universe. <laughs> I was like, I know that house from somewhere. And yeah, and it was like a very familiar looking house. Nice. So, um, before we do get to um, the actual review of this movie. Um, we're going to show you guys the trailer as well, not show, but like you guys hear the trailer as we always do. Um, remember that after the trailer, we do go into spoiler mode. So so if you have not seen the movie, um, pause here, go watch it if you want, or if you just don't care, you can just listen to the entire podcast, which either way we love you. Yeah. So here is the trailer for lights out. turn off the lights there's this woman waiting in the shadows I see her too each one of us is being haunted thing. Mom? Hey, Martin, what's up? Did we wake you? What? A long time ago, I had a friend named Diana. And something really bad happened to her. Everyone is afraid of the dark. That's what she feeds on. Show yourself.
All right, and that was the trailer to Lights Out from 2016. Mm. Remember that this is now going into spoiler territory, so last call, if you have not seen this movie, please pause or turn off the podcast for now. So, Meg, this is your choice for this week, so start us off. Yeah. Yeah, again, thank you, Daniel Gacharna, for the recommendation. It was a very spooky movie. Um, So it opens on a... Um, what appears to be, I think, in the back of a retail location, um, and it shows yeah, some Paul sort of... at a, It was it was kind of vague, yeah. But like it looked, it was either a retail or like a a factory of sorts. Mm. And Paul is at his um, Paul's at his desk working, um, and he gets a FaceTime call from his son Martin, and you know he's like, oh, when are you coming home? And Paul's like, oh, I'll be home shortly. And Martin says, you know, mom, you know, I think mom's getting worse. Uh, She's talking to herself more. Mm. And Paul's like, you know, I'm working on, I'm working on helping her. I'll be home soon. And um, then I think it goes into a little bit of uh, one employee is still there. Esther. Esther, Yep. Yep, She's, um, you know, wrapping things up, checking in with Paul. Um, and he's just telling her to close up or whatever. So she's closing up and she she goes to the, I think, in what, what appears to be the break room and she hits the lights. And when she hits the lights across the way, you kind of see a silhouette. Mm. It reminds me of the short, too, how she did that. Yes. So, by so, the way, Esther, who's played by um, Lotta Lawson, that is the wife. Uh, she's the wife of David F. Sandberg, the director. So she makes this guest appearance in the beginning of this movie. Which, by the way, um, around six minutes of this movie, during the opening sequence, a bobblehead with a large smile across its face, similar to the original monster design, can be seen on the office bookshelf as a nod to the original three-minute short. So now I want to rewatch the beginning of the movie just to see if I can find that. Another another Easter egg. Another little Easter Easter egg. Um, So she sees... The figure she she does the light switch a couple of times and she you know yeah. you, you, obviously you think oh it's the dark my eyes are playing tricks on me but at one point it jumps closer so she goes to Paul who's on the phone and you know she says I saw something and he's like oh it's fine like just head home I'll close up and she says be careful um, and so initially also when it it starts off with oh dad's working late mm. so in from from what I took from that, it's like, is he staying at work late to not deal with things at home? That's mm. kind of like the vibe I feel like you get when it's like, oh, I'm out working late, this, that, and the other mm. thing. Are they avoiding something at home? Right. That was my yeah. initial. That's a good call. Yeah, reaction. And I did jump at that <laughs> lights on and right? off when, when she appeared, or the ghost appeared closer. I was yeah. like, first jump. Rob, <laughs> yep. did you see the short? No, I have. Okay. We're going to watch it after this review. All right. (laughs) All right. Um, And so Paul starts walking into um, the, the, like, I feel like it's like a warehouse area. a hallway or something. Some sort of hallway. There's there's lights and they're motion censored. Um, So he is uh, trying to wrap up things at Mm. work and head home. Um, But so he is walking um, through the motion censored lights Mm -hmm. and, um, he sees he sees the figure. Mm-hmm. He sees the figure down this like hallway or warehouse area, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he uh, 
sees it and then the light the motion sensor once because he hasn't moved for a minute kind of go off and then he moves and it comes back yeah. and he kind of pieces that you know something's there yeah but he doesn't know what and he's and like then, and at first you think i think he's like you know esther and it's like he realizes this is not esther yeah and, and then you can kind of see the look on his face he's like okay like yep. i'm out of here yep. and then <laughs> i believe the figure slashes him it does yeah on the mm-hmm. leg so he gets slashed and then he kind of pieces together like okay it can't go in the light because the way the lights are spaced out there's like a little gap in between and it can't come into he the realizes light. yeah he's protected yeah and the whole warehouse is motion censored which is a little nerve-wracking because he only has so much coverage <laughs> um and then he does make it back to his office after getting slashed and then but the lights kind of start to flicker and then they go out, right? Yikes. So terrified, because obviously this thing, like, lives in the yeah. dark. Yeah, and um, then you have like all those mannequins in the background, right? Yeah, there's mannequins. Just, yeah, because that's why I thought it was like a retail location or like some yeah. sort of factory, because there's mannequins like everywhere. Yeah. Um. But so he's in his office. The lights go out, and then he is yeah he's a goner. It he's like throws sucked him into around, the, and then yeah. it slashes at him. Yeah, because it. It appears to have some long, creepy claws. You got of sucked sorts. into this black darkness. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, the light, the motion sensor lights come on, and there's Paul's body on the. And I floor. jumped again. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I never jump at horror movies. It's, yeah, it definitely gets you. I'm like, am I, I getting jumpier as I get older? <laughs> I definitely got got during this movie. It was really spooky. Um, but so from that unfortunate scene it cuts to a couple in bed um and they're you know having conversation after glow right yeah the man is like what are the chances of another never go around or whatever and she's like uh slim to none and Not she's happening. like what did you say your name again was right no, I was kidding in yeah. the beginning here, I really flip flop between who the douchebag was, him or her. Right. And like at first, I think it's the boyfriend. Yeah. And then the way she treats him, I think it's her too. Right. So she goes to like take a shower, and then he's like asleep when she comes back, and she's like, "All right, get up, like get get out." Like yeah. I kind of was like, "Okay." At, at first, at first, I thought he was like, "Yeah, like just a one night stand type of thing." Yeah. And, one of the things I do want to point out that um I, I do like when they segue after the lights out um. A title card uh, after after Paul's death, and then they, after the title card, they they show the wall of the apartment, and it's that poster that's like there's some posters in the room, mm. and I guess one of them says "schlocked," which is a Swedish word for lights out or extinguished. <gasps> oh, and, yeah. so I saw that, and I was like, that must be and, a metal band. And lot of right? lost, <laughs> and lot of lost in Swedish, yeah. So I was like, cool, yeah. So I was like. Very good find. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That yeah, good good Easter egg there. Um, so you find out I think that her name is Becca at mm-hmm. this point and that he I don't you don't know his name at this point, but he's Brett. Um, so she, you know, doesn't want any sleepovers. No and he's saying like, Oh, you know, can I maybe leave like a pair of pants here or something. And she's like, no, like, so it's kind of clear that Becca might have commitment issues. Yeah. Um, but they've been seeing each other and he's just trying to like, you know, leave some things. And yeah. He wants when to he stays up yeah. and stay over and like all this, he wants to, yeah. And he wants to take a shower with her and she's like, yep, no, nope. like, no, but and so he, she's like adamant about him leaving. And so he tries to leave a sock yeah. and then he goes downstairs outside and, she opens her window and goes, 
hey, handsome, or something. Yeah. And then she throws the sock back. But she does say, I do like you yeah. a lot. And, you know, so she's is working on it. But yeah, they've been and, seeing each other for like eight months, I right. think he and says. Right, she's like, has something. it been that long? Right. <laughs> So, yeah, Becca's kind of the douchebag in this scenario. <laughs> um, but so from that scene, uh, it kind of, it cuts to a picture of Becca and a little boy, which is Martin. So mm. then it cuts to pictures of Paul, um, Paul Martin and another woman, mm. which is you find out is the wife. But I also so they do have on Paul's computer. He does have a family photo I'm sorry. It was like the weirdest family photo. So like Paul and Martin are like close, like same level. And then you just have the wife. Her name is Sophie. She's just like standing up. Oh, yeah. I thought that was such a weird. That's not a typical family photo. She's standing and they're like kneeling or sitting and they're on the same level. But Sophie is standing. Oh, that's very interesting. I that was his like screenscape saver. And I was like, this is a worst family photo ever. B like what? This is not level. There's like or a whatever. hidden meaning there. I think yeah. like she's just dis- disassociated with her family members. Right. So mm. I, I picked up on that and I was like, this is a not inter- this is an interesting family photo, if anything. That's a definitely um, a good pickup. Yeah. So it cuts these photos and then it shows Martin and, who wakes up in bed and he mm. kind of is like, Mom, you know, and he walks over and um he sees his mom in her room and she's talking to what appears to be nothing mm. in the dark so he's a little bit concerned um and then he kind of gets a glimpse of the demon i mm. think at this point and then he just goes to his room and hides yeah so it's like she's like go back to bed and yep. she's in her the doorway of her bedroom and then this like shadowy figure just kind of yep, it's, it's like lurking over the doorway yep. and like, you see the the claws and i'm like Ooh. yeah it's, oh, it's really yeah super creepy um so he goes to he goes to school and well he goes to, to into him. bed and then oh, somebody's trying to, to get in his room oh right yeah. yes yep and then it cuts to him at school what the next day and or the next whatever because some time has passed so that's right um it cuts to martin at school he's fallen asleep in class for like the third time this week Mm -hmm. and his mom is not answering the phone calls from the school so that's like a red flag you know a little bit there um there's a child protective services agent on this case um she was put there after uh paul martin's father passed away Mm. or whatever um so because the mom's not answering they ask is there anyone else we can call and he says his sister becca so becca gets called in to the school and the caseworker you know is asking questions and then you know she becca's like let me see him and they talk a little bit um she's given like rebecca the third degree and like kind of grilling her she's like you make it sound like he's got a black eye or something and yeah it's you know it's never an easy situation but i get it and Um, she's asking how the mother's doing and she's like well she's taking her antidepressants if that's what you mean (laughs) yeah so and you know you know the sister and martin are talking a little bit and then the caseworker kind of extends an olive branch to martin like you know i know you can't talk to mom really about how you're feeling probably because it will set 
her off, you know, talking about the death of Paul and whatnot. And mm. Martin feels like he can't talk to his mom about that, mm. probably because she's not the most stable person mentally and whatnot. Yeah. But so the caseworker sends it all over and it's like, you know, you can always talk to me. And then he looks up at Becca and goes, is this why you left? And yeah. so, yeah, you find out later that Becca had left the family home, you know, early on in life. Um, and she, she assures Martin like, Oh, my situation was a little different, but then you learn it's the same. It, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, a little little bit of a like a hint there, a foreshadow yeah. or something. Yeah. You know? So um, Becca and Brett, uh, Brett is driving. Um, they take uh, Martin back to home, back to the house where with with the mom. Um, but Martin is adamant about you know, can you just let me stay at your place one night? I just want to get some sleep. Mm. This that, and the other thing. And Martin does tell Becca like you know, oh, mom says Diana has been over and. Becca kind of has like this pause and like almost like this dead stare and you know yeah. she whatever the opposite of an epiphany is yes <laughs> pretty like, much like oh, more wow. like a, and, and, a stomach drop and, moment yeah. Yeah. yeah and the boyfriend wants to like come in and she and, and Rebecca's like no you're not coming in she's insane yep yeah so they go to the door and, and bring yeah. she brings Martin into the house and then she starts asking mom you know questions you know like are you taking your medication yeah mm. you know. And meanwhile, Martin's packing. <laughs> He's packing his bags, yeah. And then, like, uh, when, you know, the mom is kind of, like, brushing Becca off or saying this, yeah. you know, don't tell me how to whatever. And then she's like, you know, I'm just going to take Martin. I'll give you a few days to get your shit together, basically. Yeah, I feel like she was a little condescending to her mother at this point. She's like, whatever you need to freaking do, like, you know, she she's not. It's like because she's dealt with it for so long. Or, or, yeah. for, or for whatever yeah. reason she's just like i just don't want to deal with you right now and you just need to figure your shit out yeah and i'm taking martin and yep i, I mean not a, not the exact same situation right. but sometimes i can come off like that to my mom i feel like because i've you know certain things i'm just kind of like hey knock it off yeah you know, it's a li- you're more it desensitized like, to the right that's to right it. and, it's like and, i don't mean to be but it's like hey and it's, she doesn't would, want to yeah. be left alone yeah yeah, so the mom does not want to be left alone, does not want Martin to leave. But Becca says, nope, I'm taking him for a few days. So, And she's she, like, you know, he's coming back. It's not like right. she was like, I'm taking him from you. You're putting him in danger. It was nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was just like, her tone was a little, like, just demeaning, I yeah. thought. Yeah. Definitely not sympathetic. Yeah, she's, she's probably a little cold, yeah. you know, for reasons you find out and later. I, and I, I do like I do like the part when... She, the, She's like, yeah, has anybody been over? And when he does say, yeah, it, Diana. Diana. And it's like, ooh, goosebumps. Goosebumps. <laughs> she did not like hearing You just see that. the look on her face. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Um, but so Becca brings Martin back to her apartment. Um, I did notice she has an Avenge Sevenfold poster in her apartment. I thought it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I Hail like Avenge Sevenfold. Hail to the king. Yeah. So she has um, a, a handful of different posters. I didn't quite notice all of them but the one that stood out was Avenged Unfold I noticed yeah. that um, so you know they bring Martin over her and Brett and then Brett kind of asks like are you doing this to help him or are you doing this to hurt her and then mm. she kind of says I think you need to leave <laughs> so 
Like, I get it. Like, yeah. he's trying to be real, but at the same time... I think he came off kind of rude. He didn't really... I thought it's, that, it's, too. It's, it's like what I tell people. It's not about what you say. It's how you say it. Yeah. That's right. So, like, there's, there's just the way he could have brought that up without being kind of a douche. Yeah. yeah. And she's <laughs> so. like, get the hell out. Yeah, so... And then she feeds Martin, like, a peanut butter and jelly, and then, like... They're, they're having gonna, some, like, bonding time. Right? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Do you want that. the crust cut off? Yeah. yeah. The crusts are fine. Can you put it in little triangles? That's how I like it. Yeah. Like, Love it, right? Not so little triangle uh, PB&Js. Yeah. So, and then they decide, like, you know, where do you want to sleep in the bed, or do you want to sleep on the couch and all that? Um, but so, they sleep in the bed... Or what you think they're both in the bed. So the yeah. she lives in an apartment and there's a neon tattoo sign outside of her window mm. and it's flickering. Um, so she kind of wakes up and then rolls over and sees Martin's not in the bed. So she's like, Martin. And then she hears scratching on the floor and sees like a figure in her doorway. Um, but every time the tattoo light flickers, it... So if it flickers on, the demon's not there, or the figure, and then if it flickers off, it's back. So she gets up and then kind of, you know, gets level with it. Mm. Gets out of bed, gets to the floor, gets level with it, and kind of sees that it's not Martin and that it's something else. Mm. And then I think it lunges at her, and then she gets up, Gets the lights on yeah. um, in the bedroom or the and bathroom. And the red light comes back on yep. and it protects, like it stops right. the lunge. Anytime that tattoo light was flickering on, it was like saving her. Um, but yeah, so she gets up and then gets in the bathroom. She kind of has a moment where she looks at herself in the mirror and she's tearing up. Um, and then she checks the bathtub and Martin is sleeping in the bathtub with a flashlight right by his, right on his chest, facing on his face. So I just thought that was really cute because, um, you know, he was yeah. scared, obviously. Um, so the next morning, you know, they're getting ready. Um, there's a knock at the door. It's the Child Protective Services mm-hmm. woman. Um, and she she's like, I'm here to get Martin. You can't just take him. You know, she's kind of going, you know, explaining to Becca, like, you know, I understand that, you know, you want or what's best for your brother, but are you ready to become, you know, a responsible guardian? And she's like, she kind of pauses and she says, I'm ready to become a responsible guardian. And like take your mother to war. Yeah. It cuts to the CPS lady, like (laughs) looking around the apartment. There's a a bong and all the posters. Oh my God. Crack pipe, you know? Yeah. So she, I didn't see a crack. No, I know. I'm kidding. But so the CPS lady takes Martin to school. Um, and, you know, he just looks at Becca and says, thank you. You know, at least I, I got, got some, some sleep. sleep. Yeah. Oh, poor baby boy. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I got some sleep. I'm going to be like, fine. Don't worry about me. Right. So when they leave, Becca is looking at the floor and she sees like a scratch mm. and she kind of goes and investigates and she lifts up the cart, like the floor. The area rug. The area rug. Thank you. I should know this. That's okay. Anyway, the area rug, and <laughs> it's a little carving of a name. It's Diana, Diana. with a little little stick figure. Right. A little stick figure. No hearts. Flashback to <laughs> yep. childhood. All right. Yeah. So she has a flashback to when she was at her desk in her room, and then she heard some sounds, and she was like drawing, but she turns, and then when she turns back, her paper is gone. 
and she hears some scratching in her closet. She goes over to her closet and finds the paper that she was working on. So she was drawing a little picture of her family, and there was a black stick figure added, and Diana's mm. name was written on. And the I believe paper. her dad was scribbled out too. Yes, her dad, as in Becca's dad, yes. who is not the same as Martin's dad. Very important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this causes Becca to go to her mom's to investigate. She has like a revelation. And, yep. and now she's got to butter up the boyfriend a little bit because it's like, you want to go back there? And she's like, you were right all along about like what you said earlier. Yep. And she kind of manipulates him a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. She was like, I need a ride. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. She's like, you're the man in the relationship. Let's go. Give me a ride. Right. <laughs> yep. So they go to her mom's, who's not home, by the way. Yeah. And another thing I wanted, she's like, oh. she realizes that at this point, she's like, the bitch is real, referring to Diana. Yes. Whereas earlier, when, when they were first going to the mother's house and and, and Martin mentions Diana, mm. she, she says, she's not real. I went through this before and they're just nightmares. Mom's and, having a bad episode. And this always happens when she has... A bad episode so um and so she at first she was dismissive of it and now she's like turn the page and says okay like there's, there's more to this like i gotta stop ignoring it yeah yep mm-hmm. the bitch is real she does say that the bitch is real yep so they go to the house to investigate um i think that brett kind of stays down on the main floor to wait to see if the mom shows up um and then she goes up to her it's like an office to, Yeah, or she something. goes up to the office first. Does right? some Scooby doing. Yep. She looks in a file box, and there's a lot of information in this file box. So, there's a file box. She finds this creepy childhood photo, mm. and it says Sophie and Diana. Mm. So, she goes a little bit further into this file box. And she finds a tape recording mm. about Diana. And it was the same file box that the the um I think the the, the Paul. Fa- Paul had in his office in the beginning. Or you just see a glimpse of it and it oh, says okay. Mulberry like California Institute. And, oh. Yeah, this Ooh. is like a they give you a glimpse of the the, the folder Good and it catch. says Sophie. And, and I had to pause it because it it went by really fast and I go I want to know what that is. <laughs> Good. And so yeah, they they bring that up. So I actually have a fun fact about this. So when she listens to this tape, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a recording of a doctor talking about Diana. And the doctor mentions that she has a history of violence. Maria Bella, who plays Rebecca's mother, starred in the film A History of Violence in 2005. Oh, nice. Oh. Another little Easter egg nice within little, the recording. Nice little fun fact. It, yeah. And, and the doctor, actually, the voice of the doctor is um, director David Sandberg. Oh. Very cool. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So this tape kind of like it's just it's really cre- it's creepy mm. like hearing about this little this institute that mm. her her mother was at Sophie was at and then also finding out that Diana was real and that so basically they talk about Diana has a rare skin condition that makes yes. her sensitive to light or you know whatever to light um and that she had become attached to Sophie, one of the other patients. So Sophie was there for depression. Um, I don't know if they mentioned it on the tape, but they do, you know, mm. talk about the mom's mental health. 
Um, and then, yeah, Diana was also there for a skin condition. And, you know, they talk about how she's attached. And they say, oh, you know, we want you to leave Diana alone. She's like, she's my friend. But and I guess you know, like so sure she's attacking that. her at the same time. Yeah. And they're like, why do you keep attacking her? And and um, the voice of Diana says because she was getting better. Right. So yeah. it's like she wants to keep her. Mm-hmm. It's like hinting that she wants to keep her. All to That's herself. why she's attacking. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do. There is like some, you know, disturbing kind of part of the recording where they're trying a experimental treatment, treatment and it doesn't sound like it goes right from the recording. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler. Uh, hate to break to you. It did not sound good. She did Those not streaks, sound. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. So. And then um, I, I think you see a photograph of like a, an imprint of a burnt body in like a, a chair. A chair. Yep. It's not, it's not good. Yeah. It's not looking great. Um, so, <laughs> um, you know, so Becca's kind of sitting there listening and having like a little bit of a eye opening experience, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she goes into Martin's room cause it's right next to the office. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes into Martin's room after all that, which used to be her room, I think. Yeah. I think it's her. It's it used kind to be of her hinted. room. Yeah. 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 Yep. So she goes in and it's like the lights are off and the mm. curtains kind of close and then the door shuts. Yeah. And then she's stuck. And then Diana whispers in her ear. Yes. Yeah. And she finds that she finds the uh, drawing that she did as a little girl, like wedged underneath like a yeah. draw in the bureau. Right. Yep. Yeah. And then you hear. Yeah. You hear. Yep. The... And then she like hold, Diana like holds her up by her necklace. So she's like midair by necklace. And then. I think she says, stay away, Rebecca. That's what it is. I won't be sent away again. Yes. And then she's dropped when Brett um, comes up, gets her out. She's like, we're out of here. Yep. Yeah. And his her mom was coming, too. So they had to scooch out. Gotta go. She took that file box with her as proof. Yeah. Um, so Martin is with his mom at this point. So I think she picked him up from school or something. And then, you know, she talks about like, I'm sorry, I've been so distant. I want to, you know, get better. And then some groceries. Yeah. And then she's like, how about a movie night tonight with some popcorn? And then she says, all three of us. Mm. And Martin just goes, mom, how about just the two of us? She's like, (laughs) we'll see. Yeah, and Hinton. for me, like this was like a turning point because her ex- the expression in Sophie's face, like I, she, you could tell she was really uncomfortable, but also like that something had a hold on her, and and like it was beyond like her control. Yeah, and, and that there was something gripping her, mm-hmm. and you didn't know exactly what it was yet, but you were like, yeah, she basically knew the answer was yeah, it's that's not gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> so. But so they do watch a movie. Were they okay? Were they watching Mommy Dearest in this movie? You know what? That's so funny that you say that. Because Tony, my hubby Tony, was watching it with me, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Isn't that Mommy Dearest?" I swear to God, I thought that was Mommy Dearest that they're watching. Yeah, and I said, "No, that's not Joan Crawford." So I looked. I had a hard time finding this, but I guess yeah. it's a. It's called Auntie Mame, and it's a comedy romance from nineteen fifty eight. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, but it like it looked like Joan Crawford, and I did. thought it was a scene from Ami Dearest. That's I was like, so funny that you say yeah, that. Yeah, because we we talked about you know we talked about a straight jacket on the yeah. podcast. And I was like, oh my god, like this is a Joan Crawford movie. Wouldn't that but be funny? Yeah, that been but so that's funny. so funny that you like saw the same parallel that Tony did yeah. because I was like, he was like, that's Joan Crawford, isn't it? And I and I rewound you know we rewound it, and I was yeah. like, no, I don't think so. And then I looked it up, and I was like, no, it's this other movie, and. It's like part of the whole meme musical thing. But yeah, she mm-hmm. says, what does she say? She makes a comment about how light bright it is. Oh, she does. Yes. She makes a comment about the light. She's, which in the was, movie, uh, you know. she's like, child, how can you see with all that light? Yes. So I think that's why they picked that little snippet from that movie. Right. Yeah. Because realistically, <laughs> I was like. There's no way a kid was like, yeah, I'll watch this. Yeah, that didn't look too exciting. (laughs) It's a movie night with a kid. I think you're going to pick like something, you know, a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah, I know. Like, mom, can't we watch like the Terminator or something? We watch Paw Patrol. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So so it wasn't Mommy Dears, but definitely thought I thought it was. That would have been really cool if it was. That would have been better. (laughs) Anyways, so I think they're having conversation and. um, Yes. Uh, Martin makes a comment about the child protective service Services. woman who mm-hmm. says um, something to the effect of uh, the best way to conquer your fears to face it head on. Yep. Um, so she kind of is like, you know, okay, you know, stays mm-hmm. right there. And then she walks off screen and then she, the lights go off and yeah. Martin goes, Martin starts freaking out immediately. I don't blame him. Oh yeah, bit. of course. Nope. And she comes and, and before she, oh. and before she does that, they're, they're talking and mm. the mom mentions like, she's worried about Rebecca abandoning Martin the same way that she right. did the way Re- she thinks that Rebecca abandoned her. Right. So there's yeah. a little bit of a thing there. Yeah. So she sets up the lights and Martin's like freaking out. And then she comes back into the room and she explains, she tells a story about Diana. Which is terrifying. Um, just that, you know, she had this you know, unique skin condition and I I, I abandoned that's her right. and then she was gone. But now she's back. And it was like, nope, that's what. So <laughs> Diana, you know, <laughs> and appears. Like, yeah. And she's like, I, I, I abandoned her for so long and, and and now she's back. And and and, I, you know, she's going to stay with us as long as I can, as long as I can keep my head clear and you keep the lights out. Yeah. But um she I think she grabs at Martin a little bit by the hair. She's like on top of she, them over yeah, the couch. It was really <laughs> fucking scary. Excuse my language, but it no, was really, good. It was scary. I was ugh. I would have been out of there like, oh yeah. Faster than white on rice. Yeah. So yeah, Martin like runs away. I think he might does he get the lights on or yeah. he might just run off. But yeah, yeah, there's he, a little scuffle. Yeah. Doesn't okay. end well, and, and he splits. And yep, he splits, and <laughs> she's just there, kind of. She's kind of trapped. Like she, she could have, you know, she couldn't really run away from Diana, and she, you know, explains that. Or I think she says like, "I told you not to hurt them or my kids yeah. or something." So, anyways, so it cuts to Becca and Brett at her apartment, and they are going through all the files and he was like you know oh your mom went to and you know an mm. asylum kind of or a mental hospital and she's like yeah you know i guess it's not like quite the thing you Something talk about you really talk yeah, yeah. Mm. kind of thing and i'm not even i'm not 100 percent sure if she was aware that she went i agree 
I'm not. She may have, but like it didn't seem like she was totally aware that her mom went to a mental hospital. Yeah, and I think it's younger. true. It's definitely not something you probably did talk about back uh-huh. then. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's taboo. I think. Yeah. Um, but so, next thing you know, Martin's at the door. He's like, he's like panting, and he's like, <laughs> Diane is like real, or mom's crazy, or something. And then she brings him in, and you know. They're sitting at the kitchen table, and Brett goes open the fridge, and he's like, uh, babe, I think we need to go shopping. And There's, like, like, nothing in uh, there. Like, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, nothing. Like, I know I'm, like, I feel like I can relate to Becca because, like, I'm out on my own and whatnot, but, like, I have more food in my fridge than like, she does. Yeah, there's, like, a jar of mayonnaise in there that expired, like, 15 years Some ago. Some random <laughs> bottle of something, like a soda or whatever. A yeah. science project. Then, like, a few yeah. scenes ago, she was making PB&Js. Like, she had all the food in the world. Right? Yeah, where did that peanut butter go? Yeah. <laughs> so, PB&Js yeah, so she, she asked Brett to go out to the store, um, and then uh, Becca... Talks to Martin about Diana, um, you know, and she's like, I believe you, you know, that's something that no one ever said to me when I was your age. Um, And then she brings him into the other room and was is explaining to him that I think your dad was trying to do the research about what, you know, mom went through and about Diana, who she met at the uh, mental hospital. Um, And they're kind of talking about things and I think think uh she appears she, she appears in the apartment briefly or flickers the lights a little bit a little bit a little yeah. bit yeah you know and then i think they i can't remember if it cuts to the mom or i think what. it's like that somebody knocks on the door right someone like, knocks on the door here. there's yeah oh the food's here <laughs> no one's there yeah so then yes so diana's at the apartment um and they, you know, are spooked and the lights flicker and all that fun stuff. Um, but they kind of realize that Sophie is the connection. Um, and and uh, that's a scene where, like, Martin gets grabbed from... The feet. Yeah. yeah like the, the bed. The b- oh, yeah. Dragged. She's under the bed. I, yep, I she jumped. I jumped on that part, too. And, yeah. And <laughs> I was like, jeepers. Like, it's like I've had at least four jump scares at this point. Yeah. But so... And then... Earlier, they talk about how Paul Martin's dad was trying to get Sophie better, right. but I think I think I think Martin says Diana won't let that happen, mm. and so that's why there's yeah. no more Paul. And and, and then they kind of when 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 Rebecca's telling Martin about Diana's backstory, how she was locked in the basement at thirteen, and that Diana's father killed himself. Like there's a a little flashback to the the scene in the crime where mm-hmm. there's. They show like the father kind of dead, and then there's like a writing on the wall saying, "She's in my head." And, and so Rebecca's saying like, "This is what's happening to mom." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Diana got inside her head, and it made her think that she was her friend. And yeah, and you know, yeah, she's the link, the only link to the the it's real Sophie. world. Sophie, yeah, yeah, she's the link. Yeah. So this, uh, when I think Brett gets back, they decide to go to the moms and talk to mom. Um, so they kind of confront her about it. Like Rebecca mostly does. Yeah. They have like a family powwow. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, she's like, you know, Diana's not real. Diana died. And then Sophie is like 
trying to say like no no like she's alive like she's that in, was yeah. the news got it wrong you can fake obituaries and she's basically in denial Total and Rebecca's denial. like she's yeah. dead this that and the other thing you know um and then it kind of turns into like a little bit of a conflict between Sophie and Rebecca because I think Sophie resents Rebecca for leaving yeah mm-hmm. you know um although Rebecca has every right in the world to especially yeah. now seeing what Martin is going through mm. exactly mm. so um but you know Martin you know they after even after that fight Martin is like you know can you, you know, stay can you like don't leave me alone so Becca and Brett end up staying the night mm. um you know for Martin so they put up some safety precautions. They have all the lights on. They have some candles going. They have extra light bulbs. You know, they all have a flashlight. They tape up the switches. Yeah, like and, they're. And Martin taking. says to Rebecca, like, because you know, Rebecca wants to split, and she's like, you know, Mom needs us right now. Yeah. Yes. You know? like, so he's like, yeah, you, know, you can't leave her. Can't leave her again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Becca and Brett and Martin are getting ready for bed, and then you know Martin's like, you know, can you sleep, Becca? She's like, Becca, can you sleep with me tonight? And she's like, all right, you know, let me just go let Brett know. And she, she says, I'll be right back. You never say that in a horror You're supposed movie. Supposed to say that. <laughs> yeah. You never say. And that. then they're like gonna sleep on the couch, and I'm like, this house is huge. Like, are you sure there's not a spare room? Right. <laughs> but yeah. But oh, I thought it was. Okay, this part was so cute. So she goes downstairs to tell Brett that Martin wants her to sleep up there. And then he, she's like, you don't think we're all crazy? And he's like, no. And, then, you know, he's like, I'm here to stay. And mm. then so she just goes, bottom drawer. And another good quote was when, when she was like, Rebecca's saying to, to Martin, it's not safe here. And he's mm. like, it's not safe anywhere. Yeah, yeah. that's true. It's yeah. very telling. Definitely. He's just on the same page with them. Yeah. Mm. But I thought it was really cute how Becca like told Brett she just goes bottom drawer, like he gets the bottom drawer now, <laughs> baby steps. Part of the family. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then Becca goes to say goodnight to her mom, and you know, Becca kind of goes, "Did you ever hear from Dad?" So Beck, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but Becca's dad walked out as far as they knew mm. on Sophie and Rebecca. Um, and you know, so she's like saying good night and then she's like, did you ever hear from dad? And mm. she's like, no. And I'm sorry you didn't either, you know, especially you. So did you get the sense that maybe something else happened to the father? Like I, at the time? No, yeah. I honestly was like deadbeat dad, like yeah. classic movie <laughs> trope, like this yeah. deadbeat dad, never going to hear from him again. So <laughs> as soon as I saw and found out that Paul was her stepdad, I'm like, I knew. I knew that's what happened to her dad. Nope, not me, I guess. <laughs> but I was just wondering right. at that point, yeah, if like, I don't know, like something else happened and, and but that was just me. Yeah, I guess I'm a little slow, I guess. No, no, no. That. I could be no, reading. but I, I yeah. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, did did he get knocked off by Diana. Diana yeah. and they're not just telling yeah, I just mm-hmm. I was I was something that I Popped into my yeah. my I'm surprised brain. they didn't use a dirty Diana for Michael Jackson in this movie. You know, <laughs> oh, I've already thought one. about that and I didn't say anything. I'm glad you did. Oh, you're welcome. Dirty Diana, love it. Um, so when they're they give like a, oh, so uh, Sophie says to Rebecca, you know, tomorrow morning I would like to start fresh if that's, that's right. okay. So they give like a little hug. Sophie slips, Di- uh, Sophie slips Rebecca a note and it says, "I need help." But it, like yeah. after the door is already closed, and she's like you shaking. You can kind of see 
like from her robe, there's like something grabbing her, pulling her back into her room. Mm. And she's like so scared. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Becca goes to Martin's room, like hops in bed. And then, you know, Martin's like, you know, did you find mom's medicine? And Sophie said, no, but we're going to like take care of it in the morning or whatever. Um, So then, you know, some, a little bit of time has passed and then boom, power outage. All the all the lights are off. Pew. Yep, all the lights are off. Good thing there's, you know, some candles lit. But <laughs> so Becca gets up to go investigate, and then she sees Brett's not on the couch. Brett is outside looking at the street lights, and he thinks shit. And then Becca is like thinking, like, oh shoot, like you know, let's go to mm. the fuse box, which is in the basement yeah. at the bottom of the stairs. So she's in the basement. Brett's outside, and then Martin wakes up alone in his room. And then all he has is a candle. So he goes to um, up at the stairway, top of the stairway. There's like a little box that he had a flashlight in. He's looking for that. And then Diana appears. Diana. And then she, Dirty Diana. So they have like a little bit of a, yeah, they have like a little bit of scuff. Michael Jackson comes out. <laughs> so he, she drags him by his feet a little bit, but he has like the candle. So he's like trying yeah. to like scare her poor, off poor kid you know jeez. poor martin yeah seriously mm. so then he goes looking for rebecca he finds her at the bottom of the stairs um and then he's like why'd you leave me don't leave me and she's like i'm sorry like you know talking about the you know the power is out this that and the other thing and then he's like uh you know why are why are you down here you know if it's not working and then she's like it's a trap. So the d- basement door shuts and then they're in complete darkness because there's mm. no windows down in the basement. So they're freaking out. They're banging on the door and then they're calling for Brett, um, who does make it back in, but he does get attacked by Diana. He knocks, She knocks the flashlight out of his hand, but he has his phone and the phone light is enough. And then yeah. she smashes his phone and then, so he... I hope he had a protection plan. Right? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Diana, you owe Brett a new phone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, he, um, he, he ends up, like, getting up and then, like, busting out the front door. And she almost gets him because there's a shadow. There's, like, a overhang of the house. And she grabs him, but then he makes it. He... Mm. Bloop, bloop, kick, clicks his yeah. keys and then his headlights come on. I thought that was very uh, creative. Yeah. Right? To, uh, yeah, to shine some sort of light onto her. Yeah. Um, so then he gets in the car and then he takes off. That's and right. so I was like, asshole. <laughs> and, like, she was, and then it cuts to like Rebecca and Martin kind of freaking out in the basement. Like, is he coming back? Like, I'm sure he's coming back, but. At the same time, Rebecca's like, I don't know. I got to, like, take care of this. Yeah, so at, at that point is where, I, you know, I, I realized, like, okay, there's, like, a, a recurring theme of, of uh, abandonment that keeps coming up. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, yeah. okay, everybody's kind of feeling abandoned in one way, shape, or form in this movie. Yep. Um, and I think it also, at one point, it cuts to Sophie, who, like, hears the struggling downstairs, mm. and then she tries to take her medicine. So, like, her mental... De- her mental medicine um, to try to get Diana under control, but Diana mm. ends up attacking Sophie, and I think she like hits her where she like bumps the back of her head. Mm-hmm. Um, 
pretty bad. And Rebecca and Martin are still trapped in the basement. So Rebecca's kind of like, all right, focus mode. Like, Brett's gone. Mom's upstairs. Like, we got to do something. It's time so, to go Rambo. Yep. The, they start going into the basement to look for more light. Um, they start a fire in the wood stove, uh, burning, like, random papers. Um, and then they are going through there's like boxes of decorations so they mm. find a black light so she's like all right you stay here keep the fire going and then um rebecca walks into other areas of the basement looking for more light with the black light mm. so it's not um as bright you know but it's still pretty good right. um so there she's walking around with the black light and i think she's like hearing noises and so she kind of gets spooked so she like turns kind of quick and then she notices that there's writing on the wall mm. right okay yeah it was yep. kind of creepy I and was i like, was trying Ooh. to like figure out what the writing said i kind of had to pause it yeah and um it was like it's i think it said something it was like a handprint and then it said like just the right, I think the writing says something like just, just like the hospital trap down here in the dark, trying to take Sophie away from me, just mm-hmm. like father and, and yeah. So it was like kind of, definitely chilling. Right. So it was like kind of obvious that it was Diana's writing, mm. but yeah, it was very like chilling stuff, you know. Um. So, then at one point, I think there's mannequins in the basement because mannequins. Paul's work, right? Or yep. also this owner of the house, as you mentioned in yeah, the fun facts, <laughs> which is like so funny who just owns a bunch of mannequins and keeps them in the basement. So, you know, me and mannequins, mm, <laughs> I mannequins. love mannequins. They scare the crap out of me. <laughs> so anyways, she goes and is by these mannequins. And then one of them turns out to be Diana. And then I think they get up close and personal. And she says, she says, do you want to see where I put your father? Mm. Right? So chilling. So mm. it's like, okay, dead dad number two or number yep. one. And then Paul was number two. So Diana's so a dad So something killer. maybe did happen to the first yeah, father that they seems, didn't. Seems like she yeah. killed him. I know. I know. So. My suspicion was correct. Right? Mm. So then Martin comes to the rescue with like a light and then like gets her. But. Um, so what they learn is that you can see her in the black light. So yes. Rebecca's thinking like, oh, we can use the black light to see her and then maybe hurt her or whatever. But it also like burns her skin as well. Yeah. Or well, yeah, he brought another light source in oh, okay. and then that's what burned her. But the black light doesn't burn her for whatever reason. There's UV a loophole rays. there. UV, I suppose. Yeah. Yep. So, and then we find out that Brett has come back with the police. Yay, Yay Brett, not an asshole, did not abandon. Yay. You're my hero. So <laughs> Brett comes, get help. Right? Brett comes back with the police and he is like adamant, like, you need flashlights. And they're like, just stay back, son, or whatever. Know, they're on and their power trip. There's <laughs> yeah, right. And then, you know, Rebecca and Martin are like, We're down here, we're down here. So they you know, bust the door open, they get them out, and then, you know, they're saying like be careful, like, keep your flashlights pointed on us or her. And, you know, there's one police officer that sees, like, Diana, like, sees, like, the motion. And he's, like, he's got his gun pointed and he's ready. And she starts approaching him, like, kind of fast. And he's shooting at her. Every I thought that was so cool. Every time he shot the, like, the flash from, like, the gunshot, mm. 
she was gone, but then she came back mm-hmm. because it's dark again. And Flash, she's there, gone. And then oh, back. so maybe the Flash from the projecting the bullet, like, right? basically made her invincible to the bullet. So the bullet yes. never went through her in time. Yep. So, and then that police officer gets got. And then the other police <laughs> officer is also trying to investigate. Um, but she gets got as well, um, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, so then, uh, Becca and Martin head over to like the door and, you know, Martin's like, we can't leave mom. So Becca just goes, take him and like pushes him to Brett and Martin's like, wait, no. And she's like, I'm going back to get mom. But like, she's going it alone. And then Brett makes sure that Martin is outside in the light safe. Um, so Becca goes to get her mom. Um, she's, you know, make, makes her way upstairs. But like, I think Diana is and her are in an altercation. She's like grabbing at her and this, that, and the other thing. And then she throws her off the, like the top balcony of the yeah. stairs. That had to hurt. Yeah. And then <laughs> she just drops on the floor. Um, but, uh, Rebecca's mom makes it downstairs at one point. And, you know, Becca says she killed dad. And Diana's like, I told or sorry. Sophie is to Diana is like, I told you not to hurt my children. Um, and then she, the only way she, Sophie knows like the only connection to this world is through me. So she's holding one of the guns that the police officer had at her head. And she's like, without you, there's no me. And obviously Becca is like without screaming. Me, no you. Right. Sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, we'll back backwards, <laughs> but yes. So, Rebecca's screaming at her mom because she's holding the gun, and then Sophie ultimately pulls the trigger, mm. and then there's no more Diana, and mm. Rebecca's screaming, and then there's a shot of Brett holding Martin, and, and he's like, and I before, got you, buddy. And before Sophie shoots herself, um, Rebecca says, what are you doing? And she she says, saving your life. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it cuts. Yeah, so it kind of cuts to them at, at the back of an ambulance and blankets and you know just Rebecca and Brett reiterating like that they're not going anywhere and Brett especially to Rebecca you know, yeah. not going and she anywhere. says you came back yeah he's like I'm not going anywhere mm. so yeah big theme of abandonment definitely yeah. Um, yeah. and then I think I, the ambulance like is start started up and it the lights kind of flicker and they both are oh, like yeah. and Brett's like it's okay it's okay but I think that Brett coming back really breaks that kind of chain of abandonment mm. issues. Yeah. Shows that he's in it for, you know, for the for long the haul. For the long haul, yeah. So, and then it kind of like pans away, you know, but mm. that's kind of the end. Yeah. So Sophie had to kill herself to save her kids from Diana because she was the link to the real world. Because mm-hmm. whatever sort of demonic ghost entity Diana was, mm. you know. Mm. Yeah, I always thought she was like Diana was always a manifestation of her mental issues and mental health issues. Yeah, um, a couple of things because um, Rob, I know you want to say something about this movie. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So after hearing concerns from critics uh, that the ending of the film was promoting suicide, Sandberg interviewed with an AV club where he said he was distressed about that idea and wanted to explain his position. He said that. He originally wanted to make a film about depression, as he has also suffered from it, and um, that one of his friends had committed suicide. 
Diana was not a ghost back then, but during the development of the film, it became more of a horror film. Mm -hmm. uh, it still retains some themes about depression and mental illness. He had originally shot a second ending to the film, which Martin becomes depressed and Diana comes back one more time before she is killed. However, uh, test audiences hated that ending, saying that Sophie's sacrifice would have been in vain. And he revealed um, that basically that same same issue, Sophie's, Sophie's death uh, via suicide attack from the attack to Rebe Rebecca, Brett and Martin in a scene occurred after the imp. Sorry, I'm like totally jumbling this up. You're fine. So um, the director, revealed, uh, David F. Sandberg, revealed that in original test screenings, Diana returned after Sophie's death via suicide to attack Rebecca, Brett, and Martin in a scene that occurred after the ambulance, uh, ambulances came. Um, after a negative reaction, the scene was removed and is included as a supplemental feature on the Blu-ray and DVD. Okay. So you can see that alternate ending. Yeah, I did see that. And a sequel to the film was immediately greenlit after the film recouped its budget from its opening weekend alone. Nice. Yeah, so, I mean, I did think the movie was a great watch, and, and it gets right down to business and from the beginning and maintains a, a steady pace until the end. And, you know, before I knew it, it was was over. And, and I did think, um, and I did like the um, all the light elements, the, the flashlight, the cell phone, the black light, the red light, the candlelight, the car lights. And, um, you know, but there's like a, yeah, I mean, there's a simple but profound me message, um, you know, as, as somebody who has suffered from um, depression, um, this movie is, is one humongous metaphor about mm. depression and the mental and physical toll it takes on not just the person suffering from it, but those around them and how it can fester. Um, it isn't something you can ignore and, and you do carry it with you wherever you go and, and and with mental illness it's it is easy to get sucked into that darkness and, and isolate and it is hard to find your way back into the light and, and hold on to that light and people who have mental illness um are afraid of being abandoned by their loved ones because mm -hmm. they they you know because they don't understand um and, and um and this time of year too with um the season changes and less light i mean there are people that get seasonal defective disorder and i mean i know a lot of people right now um that that do f are affected by seasonal defective disorder and, and in terms of like covid and everything the numbers of people suffering from anxiety and depression have like skyrocketed yeah. like you can't even really get into see like a, a mental health professional right now it's crazy There's, and, yeah it's such a crazy and, and so time and, and so I just kind of wanted to offer this tidbit. So if you are suffering from depression or, or you are like having some concerns, um, you know, please call the National Suicide Pre Prevention Lifeline and it's 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. And, and so as somebody with um, that has experienced this and, and, and has gone through like counseling and therapy and, and it's ongoing is um some takeaways here so there is no darkness without light and there's no light without darkness mm -hmm. and there's light in the darkness and darkness in the light and so if, if you're going through depression surround yourself with loved ones who are going to embrace your light and darkness okay mm. and and as human beings we have both and 
So just surround yourself with people who emit positive light, even if it's in the dark light. And, and first and you know, and, and most importantly, be kind to yourself and and create a safe space that you can go to that's it's full of positive vibes. And, and I know for, for me, like with the New Hampshire Gaming's course, we have a good group of like a buddy system. So if anybody's having a hard time, like it, it's easy to reach out to somebody. And you know, I, I strongly encourage people like if if don't be afraid to talk if if you feel like you know yeah. you're going through a funk yeah you know because this movie does definitely have like that significant element to it definitely horror movies are sometimes more than just blood and, movies. blood and gore yeah no, for sure <laughs> definitely um, so i just wanted to share that my, no yeah my, my personal. i think that's very important to share that very yeah. much and coincidentally um this past week's episode of road soda they talked to general voldick mm-hmm. um Obviously, he was in the the army for 33 years, Mm. and one thing he advocated was talking about um, PTS. Oh, yeah. And if you notice, I don't say the D at the Mm -hmm. end. They decided to drop that because post-traumatic stress can come from anything. Mm. It can. From if you're in the military, you experienced, you know combat in afghanistan or any other um mm-hmm. any other type of wartime mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know situation like that yeah to even like a terrible breakup uh car losing somebody a very yeah. bad car accident yeah. yes mm-hmm. just anything and it shouldn't be a disorder because we're human beings we have feelings thoughts and emotions and right. and sometimes even the little things can make us you know be put in a very dark place Right. And so Everybody I goes, highly suggest mm. everyone to listen to Road Soda's um, sure. episode with General Bolduck. Um, by the time this comes out, they'll have another episode out. But the one before that, of course, listen to any Road Soda. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely right. listen to Road Soda, but, but especially that episode. But on to piggyback on what you said about being depressed and talking mm. to someone, talk to your friends if mm. you're on the other side of that side side of that fence. You know, like if you notice a friend's not doing well mm-hmm. or right. Or even if it's somebody you just haven't talked to in a long time, just mm-hmm. maybe that, in. hey, how's it going? Exactly. The check really in is their huge. Day. It yeah. is huge. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. if you think in. about it, mm-hmm. sometimes the person who laughs most is hurting most as it well. It is. Yeah. Very true. So. Very true. So. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah and, and everybody's going through something, right? And, and you know, I, like my neighbor, he's an Iraqi and he's a war veteran and I, working for a military and defense contractor. We have a lot of veterans and they've, They've all seen a lot of stuff. So, I mean, my company definitely has that that hotline in that, that um, you know, it, this whole program for, for helping people that may need it because they recognize, okay, we have a lot of uh, veterans. But to your point, it's not just related to that. I mean, right. everybody's got different levels of, you know, trauma and different circumstances. And sometimes it's not just one thing. It's... It, it's it could be like a bunch of different things going on at the same time. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, and so every situation is unique. Yeah. Depression's a monster that can come in many forms. It's very exactly. true. Whether it be something minor or something major, but at the end of the day, like you got to let your friends know that you're there for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good Thick times and, thin. and bad. Yeah. Right. And, and one Absolutely. of the things that I really like is if, if you're going to be there for me in my darkness, I'm definitely going to be there for you in my light. Yeah. Exactly. Just saying. It's a very, very good way to tie all that to the movie, and it's yeah. a very good message that the movie kind of has. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but 
I I thought the ending was a little rushed. I don't know about mm. you guys. I felt like it was a little over kind of fast. Um, a little bit. I, a little I bit. think I think for what it was, it was, it was pretty went by pretty decent quick. Around, <laughs> decent amount of time. Yeah. I mean, mm. the last half hour of the movie was basically battling Diana and mm-hmm. but I mean there's with the idea itself there's only so much you could do with it so mm-hmm. I mean what what more can happen Diane is obviously not going to kill Sophie because Sophie is her tie into the world yeah and if God forbid Diana got one of the kids you know mm-hmm. Sophie would have done the same thing so yeah so instead of um, you know just bullshitting at the uh, water fountain, they got right to the point. They did. True. They and I like that. That's why I like this movie. They just you know there was no like excessive exposition or like just dialogue. It just got right to it. Yeah. Didn't mess around. No. <laughs> so, on that note, are we ready to give our I ratings? Am. All right. So, um, just to remind everybody. We, we rate in gravestones, mm-hmm. or we, we call them stones. Uh, five stones. Movie is great. I would buy and watch over and over. Um, I reserve fives for something legendary, something that really changed, you know, the whole horror movie scene. Uh, four. Movie is really good. Would watch again. So something that really stands out. Three. Movie is good. Should see at least once. Doesn't have to be the best movie, but you know what? It's good enough that if you saw it once, you'd be like, "I'm glad I saw it." Mm. Maybe not. Maybe if you didn't like it, where you didn't have to see it again, at least you can say, "Hey, I spent my hour and a half, two hours to watch it." Yep. Two stones. Movie is okay or not very good. Rent if you want to. <laughs> Even some of the worst movies are worth watching. And one stone. Movie is just not for me. I reserve that for a movie I really don't like, but maybe others love. And. We're not going to give anything a zero because somebody put their heart and time and effort into a movie. Yeah. You know, just, right. just the yeah. way people put their heart and soul into something. I mean, you years. can't even give zeros anywhere else. So why would we give a zero? Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Can't just put that Yelp review out there. That's nope. right. You, you see all those things. If I could give it zero stars, I would. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> One is the lowest. One star is the lowest rating I can give. Otherwise, I'd give a zero. I'd okay. give a zero if I could. Okay, yeah, Karen. Just, yeah, just don't eat at this restaurant anymore. <laughs> yeah, just go stop. Piss off. Just stop going out in public then, Karen. Come on. Don't sand, eat shit. Go away. <laughs> okay. Right. Meg, since this is your movie, um, what would you give it? So I'm going to give it a 4.5. I really liked this. I think I would watch it again, especially if I was in the mood to like get a little scared Mm. because I definitely got a little adrenaline rush at the jump scares. Um, Overall, I just thought it was like a really cool story. Um, I would love to see like a prequel, like Mm. a prequel about Sophie and Diana in in their time in the mental hospital. Mm. I'm sure that's probably not what they're thinking of doing, but like I would love that. That's a great idea. And I'd like to find out what, happened to rebecca's dad yeah exactly yeah, yeah i would definitely like it to yeah if it would start with like maybe diana's like story in the beginning of like you know how she got locked in the basement and then how she ended up at the mental hospital mm. with sophie and then leading up to like when diana just like you know um kind of make that like rebecca's the surprise dad. ending yeah i, I think would, that'd be very I would cool. like that so if you're listening out there director you can start writing the that. script yes please and thank you <laughs> So I I give this movie a, a solid four. I mean, I have already watched it twice nice. and I definitely would watch it again. And again, like this movie was something that I just it 
it got right down to the point and, and it was just it didn't linger and it was very fast paced and, and before I knew it the movie was over and I I don't scare easily in the, in the fact that I had like at least I had to count I think five jump scares mm. at least and then yeah and then the, and then the message you know to this the whole the movie was was very important and so yeah I mean a solid four for sure nice I thought this movie is pretty okay um I feel like I've seen this par- seen this movie if not parts of it before mm-hmm. um I thought it was enjoyable for the most part um I didn't really fall in love with the movie, but mm-hmm. it was definitely something to watch at least once. Um, I'm interested to see if and if and when they come out with a sequel for yeah. it. Yeah, I would definitely take a gander at that as well. Uh, I'm giving it. I'm giving it a solid three. Mm-hmm. I think if you don't see it, you're missing out on a little bit of a movie. But I think also watching the short, I appreciated the movie more. Yeah, I was actually originally going to give it a two point five, but oh. after seeing the short, I'm just like. Yeah. They really took off with that, and yeah. they did a pretty damn good job for a movie. And this is his yeah. first movie, so this is yeah. the first three you've ever given too. So yeah, proud of you. <laughs> I know. I'm trying. To, Sometimes you have to, to do it. Yeah. Trying to venture out and just know, you know just right? speak my truths. Good you know? job. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, but yeah. Yeah. I feel like the first few movies we watched, I really enjoyed. Not yeah. this, not that I didn't really enjoy this movie, but right. there's something missing from this movie that yeah, I feel for like you. I feel you like know? there could have been more to it. Yeah, mm. yeah I definitely agree. I think. There def- it could have gone you know a different way and then like i feel like the ending could have been like a little mm. longer i don't know for me i was i felt like it was a little abrupt but yeah mm. i agree you know yeah, so no, i just feel mm. like i said if like if five is like a legendary movie mm. and then four just like kind of supplements that i just didn't feel like this lived up to that yeah. level yeah but was it good absolutely i think it's something that a lot of horror fans should check out at least once Definitely. yeah and and i um I would be curious to see about, you know, a sequel and see how that pans out. And did you get any other like watching this movie? Either one of you, did you did it give you any reminders or vibes of other horror movies? Um, When I saw her like uh, Diana for the first time, I thought of a couple things. So there's a there's a video game called Left 4 Dead. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of the witches in that game kind of built the same way hmm. and then the way she kind of stands up kind of reminding me of slender man a little i was bit. gonna say just it, like in the slender dark man, but like yeah. tall and lanky yep and um, like weird fingers yeah and then nosferatu a little bit with yeah. the how the claw like kind of like the claw like yeah fingers. a little bit of the uh the ring you know the hair it's yeah so that's Samara. what i got out of it yeah. i got i the got hair. the ring vibe in a few scenes with like the doctor recording when when diane is like i don't want her to go she got better and and I, yeah, and with the hair, I definitely got like a with that old photo with her and the umbrella and the yep. hair in her yeah. face. I definitely got like a Samara vibe from the yeah. ring. So I definitely, yeah, I was just curious to see what you guys had thought. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, Diana as a creature herself, definitely like a Slender Man Samara yeah. combo in a way. <laughs> but a little bit, yeah. Her skin was freaky too. So yeah. you do get to kind of see a couple of glimpses of her skin, yeah. and it's like pretty freaky. Yeah. It's like pit, purplish almost, and like veiny or bruise kind of looking mm. so yeah definitely heebie-jeebies all around <laughs> i jumped several times <laughs> so i did the math mm-hmm. so our final rating as a group uh for lights out is 3.8 nice. so ah. still not a bad rating still yeah. good still good definitely so it'll be very cool to see esther 
coming up in the next couple of episodes, we have um, we have some pretty damn great movies to uh, to review for you guys. But obviously, we won't reveal them till later. Nope, <laughs> it's gonna be a surprise. Surprise. Sort of. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> we'll decide whether or not we're gonna let you know early. Um, obviously, please share our our podcast and our social medias with your friends and your family and anyone that you know that loves and enjoys horror movies or movies in general and likes to hear people talk about them. Our Facebook and Instagram is at monster talk podcast. If any guys want to shoot us an email or say something, whether you don't want to, you know, post anything on the Facebook and Instagram, you can email us at the monster talk podcast at gmail.com. That's the monster talk podcast at gmail.com. We are on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, and iHeartRadio app. But just by today and by the time this comes out, we got into three more po- platforms. Wow. I got us into Audible and Amazon Music, Sweet. Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Awesome. So by the time this comes out, um, we should be on those platforms. But obviously, once I get the final say on TuneIn and all them, We'll make a post so that way you guys Yay. know. So if that's a platform you guys would rather listen to, um, yeah, please check that check us out on there. And remember to follow and um, like our podcast so that way you get everything the day it comes out and you can find us easier. Yeah, and um, when this podcast comes out on the 20th, um, we will be having a uh, movie night on Sunday, October 24th. Here at Abel Ebenezer Brewing Company. Um, check out our Facebook for more information about that. Um, hope you guys can come on down for a spooky movie night. We'll be using a projector and probably my Xbox to show the movie. <laughs> yeah. um, I got a screen and a stand and everything. We're going to try to keep this outdoors to give it a nice, cool fall feel. Spooky um, feel. <laughs> and uh, if, obviously, if there's any inclement weather, we'll bring it indoors but we'll be watching friday the 13th part two uh uh, admission is absolutely free um obviously we can't charge for the movie that's illegal but Mm -hmm. we will also provide water soda and some snacks as well feel free to bring your own food uh beer will be available inside the tap room until the end of the movie that is not free that is not (laughs) and do not bring your own alcohol or liquor that is illegal by uh state laws yeah (laughs) right i can't wait I'm excited oh. for that, too. It's, yeah. it's going to be awesome. So as soon as I get that uh, stand in, I'm going to test it out to make sure everything is put together and that I got a got a grip on, uh, you know, setting it up. And You're not then... missing any hardware. <laughs> yes, yes. Rob called me the other night. He's like, yeah, I got to make sure there's no hardware missing. Like, yeah, those... yeah a being point. a quality engineer <laughs> in defense and aerospace, like nine times out of ten, there's, there's always missing something hardware. wrong. I got something. this, but yeah. there's a wing nut missing, and now I got to go to Home Depot and figure out the measurement for it because – you know, if there's anything scary about that. But if that, I get to drill a hole in something or God knows <laughs> what else. Yeah. I'm sure we'll figure it out. I actually bought more clamps to hold up sheets and stuff. So that way. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Awesome. Now, uh, any final thoughts on tonight's episode? Just, um, I, you know, I really enjoyed this movie. It did have a big message about mental health. And, yeah, just make sure you're, you know, being honest with your friends and checking in on your friends. And mm. I hope everyone stays safe out there. And Absolutely. thank you again, Dan, for the, the pick. Yeah, thank you, Dan, <laughs> for the uh, recommendation. Dan's 
recently becoming our number one monster. I yes. know. I know. The number one monster. Number one monster, Dan Garshano. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can watch Lights Out on Hulu. So yep. uh, if you have Hulu subscription, you can watch that for free. Oh, and, free. Uh, sort of. Just, but, I just want to give a couple quick shout outs to some of my uh, our listeners. Uh, Christopher Robert Blank, Christine Mistretta, Jimmy Pritchard, and of course my hubby Tony Hitchborn. Uh, thanks for letting me watch all these horror movies. <laughs> I owe you one. Oh, I uh, want to give a quick shout out to my friend Ronnie Content. Thanks for uh, listening, and thank you for the funny tweet um, about the risk to risk reward ratio. I can't even see. I it's think such I a saw good that. That is <laughs> such yeah. a good time twister. He tweeted that it definitely is a time twister. I can't even say it. Risk reward ratio. I'm not even gonna try. Right. So, but <laughs> thank you for the tweet. It was really thank funny. you. Yeah. I guess my last shout out will be to my band Standard Issue. And if anybody out in California would like to see us live. Um, yeah, we'll you guys the, rock. You can see us. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Standard Issue Punk. Um, everything, when it's finalized, will be posted. But we do have whatever dates we know we are playing posted already. So, And, and last but not least, uh, Abel Ebenezer. Oh, thank you. I, I'm in. I'm enjoying the homecoming. <laughs> yes. Uh, get it while it lasts. If you're nearby, yes, do do get some. We're almost out. We're getting to our last half barrels and cases. So, yep. Oh, so Yay. many people to thank. <laughs> yeah, so many people. But we want to thank you guys, the listeners, for listening. So to sign off, I'm Christopher from the Black Lagoon. And I'm Reanimator Rob. And Meg the Mortician. Thank you guys again. See you next Wednesday. This has been Monster Talks.